The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Women's Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericawomen.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff and management. Do you have aspirations to be a leader in your business or organization? Welcome to Leadership Stars with your host, Linda Patton. Each week, we feature true leaders, recognized in their fields, who provide insight and ideas in creating a strong team, and how you can become an effective leader. Now, here is Linda Patton. Once again, let me personally welcome you to Leadership Stars, where real leaders in network distribution, entrepreneurship, and government who have boldly and unapologetically stepped into leadership will be interviewed on their journey and will share with you their views on all the aspects of creating and leading powerful teams, even if it is a team of one right now. I'm your host, Linda Patton. I am an international speaker, an international best-selling author, as well as the creator of the book and program, The Art of Herding Cats, Leading Teams of Leaders. Now, in Herding Cats, it comes from my journey of stepping out as a major in the military and a VP in corporate and owning my leadership. And it teaches you the 12 key steps of leadership. Through Herding Cats, I guide leaders to uncover their core strengths, to inspire with shared vision, and to realize their true expertise. I have been successfully developing leaders for over 40 years in the military, in organizations, and for the last few years independently as a coach, a mentor, and a guide. And today we're going to be answering some of these questions. So what can you do to prepare for the storms life brings you? How does the loss of a client, a business partner, or a coworker cost you in terms of your business and your emotions? Why is it so difficult to deal with and handle loss? And how does unresolved grief impact your ongoing relationships in your business? And today, I have the expert in handling grief and loss, Michelle Petacolis. And Michelle, I am so glad to have you here on the program and to begin this month on weathering storms, because this is a big one. So welcome. Thank you, Linda. Thank you very much for inviting me on your show. Well, as you know, Michelle, I've tried to get you on um, my stages or on, on, on the program, and this was the perfect opportunity for the message that you have to share with my audience, and I'm so glad you were able to accept that invitation. You're welcome, and I am delighted. Thank you. And Michelle, could you tell the audience just a little bit about your background, how you got into the whole field of grief and loss, and sort of where you're taking it? Big question, right? <laughs> 
Yes, it is a big question. And actually, when when you look at who I was before I got into it, I would have been the last person you would have thought to get into this field because at the age of two, I made the decision not to feel. Uh, It wasn't a huge earth-shattering event. I simply had bonded with my father instead of my mother because she was a young uh, mother and she had two other daughters. And my father was in the military and he was transferred. And at two years old, that was a traumatic event. I don't even think it was more than a few months, but it it totally broke that bond, that relationship with him. And I imagine my mother must have been really traumatized by him leaving and being left alone with three children. And so I incorporated that sense of fear. It's interesting how these, you know, as as a child, we are so dependent on our parents. And so something like that can really be so traumatic and disruptive. And and so for a long time in my life, I always ran away from from emotional upset. I, I lost uh, my first teaching job after I finished my PhD and I ran away. I didn't stop and think, oh, it wasn't really a good match. I, mm-hmm. Instead, I, I sort of shut down my life more and more. And the universe has a way of sending us the lessons that we need. And uh, so the next lesson was that I lost my first husband. He, he abandoned me. So there was this replay of being abandoned. And finally, I decided to get help when I met my second husband. And just after I finished this deep work on my childhood, my parents started dying. And for the Mm. first time, I actually was able to feel my emotions, and I was blown away. And I got, instead of shutting down, which I couldn't, I got curious. And I ended up making a film series called Secrets of Life and Death. And that's what catapulted me into my, my work. Michelle, that is an amazing story. Thank you for sharing that. And, and it parallels mine in some respects. Um, I also, uh, resonated with my dad more than my mom um, and that was my whole grandmother issue more than anything else but I think you know as kids we film our parents um, and what they do and how they handle things and and all of that and then as we become adults and we have our own kids we turn on that video and play it and so if there are things that are missing in that video or or core wounds that that you've received um, in your young years, those there's there's no um, how do I want to say it? no example to work from um, no pattern my, exactly. My husband uh, lost his dad when he was seventeen, Oof. and I th- and I thought it was very interesting that when my girls turned seventeen, our girls, uh, he didn't have a picture, and he actually started to disconnect from them, to Whisper step away. Yeah, yeah, he didn't know what to do. He didn't mm-hmm. know what to do. And I just think that's very interesting that very. our patterns are so carved into us so early in life. Um, you also mentioned that you uh, uh, you know, were abandoned and so you tend to disappear. That's sort of been my uh, core wound as well is around being a, a disappearing disappointment. And so I think yes. it's interesting that we parallel those lines as well. Yes. Well, that's a really, when you think about, uh, so I'm going to get a little biological in here, the the core wounds are all around survival. And the survival response, the innate uh, wired in 
survival response is fight, flee, or freeze. And so flee is what we're doing. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And and it's interesting how that turns up in business, you know, yes. rather than being a disappointing disappointment. Uh, disappearing disappointment what you tend not to do is then not engage so you're not yes. engaging with your clients you're not um, learning more about them you're not developing deep relationships because you know quote unquote that you're going to just disappear on them and so why build a deep relationship and right? why be- if you build a deep relationship and then they abandon you, that's mm. terrible, right? So there's always that fear that they're going to abandon you. And so you hold back and you look for signs that they're not going to be there. And that's not what your clients need. They want you to stand up and be powerful for them. Exactly, exactly. So you mentioned briefly that what drew you to this work was having lost your parents and, and the work that you did with your husband. And where has that taken you today? Well, Thank you for asking. After my parents died, as I said, I got curious, and that's when I started making this documentary film series called Secrets of Life and Death. And I'll tell you, I had never made a documentary. I had done some community access TV, but to make a documentary was a huge undertaking. I had no idea how I was going to do it. But there's something about death and the finality of it that can really propel you forward. So when I actually started working uh, in this whole arena, I worked with people around grief and loss because it can be a huge empowering gateway to the next part of your life. There's Mm -hmm. nothing like pain to propel you forward. Oh, yeah. So, Michelle, uh, one of the things that I, I, or one of the groups that I work with quite a lot are job seekers, people who have been either laid off or perhaps terminated from a job or whatever. And so that is a a significant loss. And I get the sense as I work with them that they are grieving as well. I I had one gentleman who never done more than a six-month contract uh, in his entire work career. And he always felt like he was, you know, in that grieving stage. How do you work with people like that? Well, first, let me st- let me just share a little bit of my own story. So the first uh, job I had after I finished graduate school was to teach at a, at a college. And after a year and a half, they gave me what was called a terminal contract, even though I had done everything. And my response was to pull away, you know, that, that mm-hmm. flee response. And I shut down and I actually started taking jobs uh, that were beneath my skill and training. Because I wanted my boss to want me more than I wanted them. So what I say to those people is that they really need to work on that inner game. They need to clear those limiting beliefs. And if they don't, they're going to continue that pattern and shut themselves down more and more. Because there's that desire to want to avoid the pain. Pain is okay when we know how to allow the feelings. Mm Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Yeah. And so what is the mindset that they have that sort of fosters this continuous uh, movement from one contract to the next contract to the next contract rather than, in essence, digging in and becoming a long-term employee or a longer-term contractor? 
Well, it sounds very similar to the pattern I had, which was that I took a lot of temp jobs mm. because I always knew that it was temporary. So that that the the rejection was already built in. I didn't see it as a rejection because I knew that it was going to end. But that it that if I were to have a long-term relationship, there would be a commitment and then I would be at risk of being abandoned and rejected. So Michelle, how did you how have you turned that around like in your marriage? Because you said you're you you Yes. But I've been married now for almost, well, I haven't been married that long, but, I, but we've been together for um, almost 20 years. So I surpassed my first relationship. And how do you do that? You have to address the core wounds. You have to go back and you have to reprogram. And what I find is you have to program on several different levels. You have to deal with the the body, the physiology, because the wounds actually reside or get stuck in the body, and you have to change the mind. Those are two really powerful parts that you have to work on, the body and the mind. So the body part, you can't change your mind until you release the emotional energy. Because it will always come up and undermine your efforts. You know, you you do these affirmations over and over again. But if the little, the inner child inside is screaming and crying and whining, it's not going to take. So you have to allow those emotions. And if we are used to tamping those emotions down, that takes practice to mm-hmm. open up to that. And, and how do you even feel what's going on? A lot of a lot of men, a lot of women have gotten so successful at tamping down their feelings, they don't even feel the sensations in their body. For many years, I resided up in my head. I had no mm-hmm. idea what was going on in my body. I, I so can resonate with what you're saying uh, that, you know, you, you do, you close down those emotions. My mom had said to me when I was a child to, you know, build your walls thick and strong with tiny little eye holes so that you can look out and see who's there to threaten you because someone will stab you in the back. In fact, everyone will stab you in the back. So when you get those kinds of messages from people that you yeah. care about, yes. that becomes a really, really um, hard thing. I, I think also one of the things you're saying is that you have to work on that relationship. And I think one of the great things that my husband my husband and I have been together, it'll be 42 years this year. Congratulations. Um, and, I, and and people love the fact that I still say he my toes. Um, so we have worked on this relationship. Uh, we did not stop uh, courting each other over that 42 years. And I think that's where a lot of marriages um, lose out is the fact that they stop courting each other. They figure, hey, I got you now. You're not going to go anywhere. And so they sort of let the relationship drop and they've let the energy of working that relationship drop. Would you agree with that? I totally agree with that. And and I do see my marriage and my relationship is a work in progress Mm -hmm. that needs work all the time. And that it's evolving and developing because we age together, too. So we go Mm. through these different life cycles and phases in our lives. And and we need to be with each other and communicate. And we need to work on our skills. And when you see your partner as a mirror that, Mm -hmm. that helps you to actually grow then that, that's a very helpful way of moving forward and, and remaining in that partnership. 
and someone told me long ago that you know each of you to to have a hundred percent relationship, both of you need to be working at that level, and that if the one partner isn't working at that level, let's say they're working at the fifty percent level or even at the zero percent level, the question to you as the party who's really working on this relationship, are you getting? The emotionally what you need out of a relationship where there's nothing or very little coming from the person that you're relating with and would would that also be true it, it can be true I, I can speak from myself which is that as I change mm-hmm. my husband changes that my understanding is that women tend to be the leaders in this realm not always, but they tend to be because we have uh, we have more access to our emotional field than men do, just in terms of socialization, and maybe even in terms of um, circuitry of uh, of our natural biology, and so we tend to work on these emotional issues. When, however, we work on ourselves and we deal and we see everything that they're doing as an opportunity rather than an impediment, as an opportunity for us to learn, and we start to change our behavior, they start to change. That's what I have discovered. I have to always look, okay, how am I interpreting this? How am I making sense of this? Now, the other thing is that men and women actually uh, are two different species, and they, and they think <laughs> and they operate differently. And that's not my specialization. I have a friend who, who is really an expert at that. But to begin to understand that we are not the same and that mm-hmm. we think about our, uh, our world in a different way, and that helps. That helps a and, lot. And audience, I think what was really key, and if you have always thought that the word leader was maligned, one of the things that Michelle just said was that women are often the leader in the whole realm around emotions and feelings because we have more access to that. So here's just another place where we as women need to step into that leadership and own it. And on that note, we're going to take a break. See you in in a minute. Voice America Women's Channel, a leader in the forward movement of women's success. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. That's Linda at dare, the number two, dreamwithlinda.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Voice America Women's Channel a leader in the forward movement of women's success. 
You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back. And I have a phenomenal guest with me today, Michelle Petacolis, and she is an expert in working with grief and loss. And we've been talking a, a bit about you know core wounds and you know how how a lot of our responses come from our childhood and the and the videos we take of our parents. We're, we've talked a little bit about um, close relationships like um, merit, marital relationships, uh, significant others, this kind of thing. And so, Michelle, we talked a little bit at the break that. Um, to shift a little bit more towards business, uh, and specifically, you know, when when you're in business with somebody, you have a partner in business, and you have six weeks basically to deal with the fact that he has terminal cancer and is going to die in six weeks. How do you, first of all, handle that kind of emotion when the party with the cancer? is totally disconnected from his emotions. And basically when he told his son he had cancer, it was like he was talking about somebody else entirely. So how do you as the sort of remaining partner um, deal with first the uh, possibility of a loss in a very short period of time and then after the loss, how do you long-term deal with that? That is a really, really loaded question. <laughs> and I, it's like, oh my gosh, this is somebody's worst nightmare, right? Oh yeah, it was. But there are so many things that are going on. First of all, and foremost, and this is my number one tip, you have to allow your own emotions to the extent that you can. And at the same time, because you're the partner who's surviving, you also have to hold the business together. So it's this dance between taking care of what you need, and sometimes you may have to do that first. Remember the fight, flee, freeze. Sometimes the first response is freeze. We can't even take that information in. Mm-hmm. And so staying busy is one way of holding those emotions at bay until we're able to deal with them. And that's actually helpful because that helps to uh, hold on to the integrity of your business. Mm-hmm. All right. So you you do what you need to do. And whenever the emotions come up, don't stop them down. Mm. Allow them to flow through. And here's this really, really vital piece of information. If you just let them flow through and you don't let your mind jump in and you just focus on the sensation of the feeling, it will actually release in two minutes or less. Wow. That's impressive. Um. Yes. And and I have... I have t- tested this out over and over again. I have clients, they'll be crying. I'll encourage them to cry. They never cry more than a minute and a half, often less. And and myself, the only way I keep crying is the mind comes in and tells me more terrible things that make me cry more. (laughs) I think it's also interesting, Michelle, do you see uh, individuals who don't let, they want to let the emotions flow, but there are people in their lives who won't let them do that? Um, I'll yes. give you an example. Um, shortly after my dad died, um, 
we, my girls and I went to Hawaii, and they thought they were helping me by not letting me grieve for my dad, right. not letting me, you know, right. write about it, meditate on it, and that kind of thing. And in essence, it it's made it more difficult for me to even at um, almost thirteen years now. Um, for me not to cry when somebody mentions him or talks about him. Uh, so is that also sort of a downside of not letting the emotions flow? It is. It is exactly. Because when you don't allow the emotions to sh- flow, they don't go away. They just mm-hmm. get trapped in your body, trapped emotional energy. And it's really bad for your body to have those, uh, that emotional energy because there's actually chemical components involved with this stuff. And and it can lower your immune system. It can actually cause disease. And it certainly can affect the the posture and structure and what your face looks like. So So you want... Yeah, so I was going to ask you... Yeah, sorry. That's all right. Uh, Exactly. How to to explain how that kind of unresolved grief uh, affects the body. And you started telling, so let's continue that discussion. Okay, so... Uh, the fight, flee, freeze response. It's a survival. It's an, you know, it's a very deeply wired uh, biological response. And then as humans, as I guess mammals, we also have this extra component, which is the emotional component. So the emotions are part of this whole survival system. And when the emotions are triggered, they trigger this, these chemicals that are related to fight, flee, freeze. Your heart beats mm-hmm. faster, your muscles tense, your eyes dilate, uh, you, your breath becomes shallow because you're getting prepared in some way. And when you don't release that energy, then another hormone comes in, which is cortisone, and that actually lowers your immune system. Uh, the Harvard School of Public Health did a study on people who had had a significant loss, and they found out that these people were 21 times more likely to experience a heart attack wow. than people who had 21. And that held true even for people who weren't at risk. That's pretty impressive. That's um, pretty impressive. <laughs> to say the least. So, uh, you know, we've talked about death of a partner within a business. You also have the lo- several other kinds of losses, so which might be uh, an employee who quits um, and may quit with anger and you know ra- uh, raging back at you. It could also be losing a client, which again could be amicable or could be hostile. So how does grieving that look? When you start to look at all of this in terms of that survival mechanism, let me just say one thing. The reason why we experience loss of relationship as a threat to survival is because we're social beings. So Mm -hmm. we're actually wired to bond. This is part of our circuitry. This is why the trauma that happens when we're children is so devastating. It's because our survival literally depends upon those adults in our lives. And so, fast forward to our adulthood, anytime we form a relationship, especially one that's significant, it doesn't matter whether there's that love component, there is a bonding. 
So there is a bonding with people who are our partners. They're bonding with people who are our clients, especially if you do the kind of work I do, you know, where mm-hmm. people really get into their deep emotions. And then if they pull away, it's it feels devastating. And then there's this whole other level of how it affects our identity and our sense of self and how, how other people are going to view us. And it, you can quickly see how... Uh, the organism might interpret that as its uh, as a threat to their survival. You lose a client, you lose the income, uh, you lose the connection and bonding, you f- you lose the feel good oxytocin you get when you have <laughs> success with your clients. All that happens. So there's this whole biological component that's going on. And so what do we do with that? Will we we understand that we're inhabiting these these animal organisms and that they have their own agenda, and we need to take care of them. We need, to, we need to honor their needs. So if you're feeling bad, you need to allow those emotions. And then you may need to go out and have somebody give you some hugs. Oh, what a wonderful idea. And especially since hugs also have a physiological response, um, yep. that, that touching and, and that, right? That's right. That If you hug a person for at least 20 seconds, uh, oxytocin is released. Hanging out with children, nursing, gazing into somebody's eyes, they all release oxytocin. And so, uh, you know the difference between the hugs? So when you hug to the, it would be to my left, you get one response. But if you heart hug to the right side, you get an entirely different response. Is that true? I don't know that. I think that it's intention that's probably more important. But certainly when you're having heart to heart, you're you're feeling the resonance of that heart mm-hmm. together. But I, I tell you, my psychosomatic uh, uh, coach, she says that it, that is not true. She And so I, I don't worry about that. I think what's more important is okay. feeling, allowing yourself to be totally present in that moment. I think that's also the key is being present and being with that person. I, I also thought it was interesting, Michelle, that you, you know, we, we are concerned about how others view us. And if one of the things you, you think of a leader as being this strong, powerful, um, stoic kind of person, because the men that you've seen who are um, outstanding leaders, you see them in that kind of a, a um, view then does that explain why uh, we have more superficial relationships than deep relationships with the people that we work with? I think that that could uh, contribute to it. I think there is a lot of um, early childhood training around protecting ourselves, not to mention our own uh, historical experiences of being hurt and wanting to protect ourselves. And this is a very innate response of wanting to protect. However, we have minds and we mm-hmm. have the capacity to go beyond that and to get into, to have a different thought pattern around this so that we don't have to go into that um, uh, automatic knee-jerk response. We don't have to go there. But it takes practice. It takes mm-hmm. a lot of practice to not believe those stories. And it's really the stories we tell ourselves that trap us in that response. Well, I think it's also interesting, Michelle, that oftentimes, as you said, the stories are 
the things we tell ourselves. And, and yet, if, if you're with your family and you've got brothers and sisters, which I don't happen to have, but I've heard that this is true, uh, and one of you starts the story, do you remember a time when we did blah, 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 and, and your siblings goes, no, 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 it wasn't like that, it was like this, and that each time you tell that story, it becomes a bigger fish story than when you started, and how does that support or um, destroy this this whole sense of, um, you need to get in touch with your emotions. I try to keep things simple. If the story evokes emotion or distress, then you know that story is not serving you. It's a disempowering mm-hmm. story. So you want simple, empowering, disempowering. You want a story that empowers you. If it's not empowering you, then it's not serving you. So if the story, it doesn't matter what the details of it are. It's just that if you keep on telling details that make you feel bad, then that isn't empowering you. What I try to teach my clients who are dealing with grief is to look at the story in a different way. They okay. they transform the way in which they experience it. So I had one client who was mourning the loss of his wife. And every time something would come up that reminded him of of him of his wife, he would go into his sorrow and grief. He said, what if you were to start thinking of this as an opportunity to feel the love that you have for your wife? Audience, did you hear that? To turn it around from looking at how much you've lost to the powerful positive emotions that you had, the positive experiences that you had with that individual and relish the love and the feelings that you had with that individual. I think that is so powerful. And it's something that we don't often do. Um, I know when my dad, when my dad's wife, my mom died, we went out to help him, you know, clear stuff up and this kind of thing. And every place he went, his first words were, uh, and she's no longer with me. And I thought, what a sad way of remembering my mom. Why not the more powerful? Wow, these were the wonderful things that we got to experience, right? Yes, yes. And and I, a little bit of disclosure here. I encourage uh, my clients, especially the ones who have lost somebody recently, mm-hmm. to connect with the person on the other side. I have, what do we know about mm-hmm. what happens after we die? So I open that up. And if they're open to it, I encourage them because there's a great deal of reassurance and and it's fine for a while, you know, that connection of recognizing that they might be there for them on the other side. And that It's very powerful. Now, that mm-hmm. doesn't help if you've lost somebody through divorce. <laughs> you know, that's a different story. But, you know, if they've died, you can, you can hold on to them and you can dream about them and they can still be part of your life. So, you, so part of the process is to how do you bring them forward into your life? You don't forget them, but you bring them in in a way that's empowering for you. Wow, I think that's awesome. Um, empowering you as the individual who suffered the loss in such yes. a way that um, you've got you, you've got a touch point um, in those memories and those emotions as opposed to dismissing them um, entirely or or denying them or tamping them down or getting um, caught up in it that that becomes your whole life is the memory of the person that you lost 
Wow. Yeah. And I, I would so agree with that, that it's, I, I've seen so many um, older couples when one of them dies, the other one is gone within months because that's been such an anchor for them um, emotionally yes. that they can't, they almost can't survive without that person. Well, it's a, it's a very strong bonding that's happened and and it's a very critical time period after somebody dies when you're actually straddling two worlds. Energetically, you're almost pulled with the other person because when you've spent that many years together, there is a, a vibrational harmony that happens between couples. You know, even if there, it's not even a particularly good relationship, just <laughs> the fact that you're together that long, there is a vibrational harmony. And so when that person dies, there's almost this, vo- this um, void that starts to pull at you. And if you're in uh, susceptible health, yeah, you can die. And if you wish to die, yeah, that's going to make it a lot easier. So being able to reinvest yourself in the next phase of your life is essential if you want to stay alive. And and so you're also looking at uh, why why pe- why married couples after a certain period of time start looking like each other? Um, yes. Or- if you have a significant relationship with your dog, oftentimes the people look like their dog. I, I just think that's that's amazing that it is. We, we take on those characteristics. And you're absolutely right. Sometimes your life is defined by the relationships that you have. So that's what I call collateral losses. When you lose mm-hmm. somebody, oftentimes there are these other losses that go with that loss, like loss of identity, loss of purpose, loss of friendships. Because if you're a couple and now you're a single, then a lot of your partner, uh, a lot of your couple friends may not be able to show up for you because it might be too scary or triggering for them. And then there might be financial loss and, uh, and maybe family members might pull away because they're dealing with their own losses. So the, the losses can really multiply. And so it's, and then you have to start getting rid of some of their, their uh, artifacts. And oh, every yes. time you get rid of them, there's additional losses. Right. And I know that that was uh, a big deal with my dad um, as, as we began to take, you know, the, the, the artifacts of my mom's life and moving them on. Um, I think, although I think one of the things you said you know, about loss, I think you also experience this when you divorce, which is friends then take a side. And so you lose friends oftentimes not because uh, they're uncomfortable with the fact that one of you is not there, but the fact that they actually take sides and quote, the disagreement between the two of you. And yes, so that we'll, can happen. Yeah, and so we will talk more about this when we come back from our break. See you in a moment. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Let leadership expert Linda Patton be your guide to uncovering the leader that lives within you and that you are meant to be. Through her signature training programs and workshops, Linda takes you every step of the way to help you tap into your personal leadership power, design a clear vision, build a loyal, effective team, and create a practical plan to make your dream come true. Get started now by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. 
That's Linda at Dare, the number two, dreamwithlinda.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Voice America Women. Your passion starts here. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back. And I'm with my guest today, Michelle Patakolis. And Michelle, as you know, is an expert in helping people to weather the storm of grief and loss, whether that's a personal relationship that you have, a family relationship, or even a business relationship, be that a partner or an employee, a contractor, a client, um, all of this uh, emotional uh, deluge happens regardless of the relationship that you have with the individual. And obviously, the deeper, the closer the relationship, the more this comes up for you. And that oftentimes, the wounds that you have gotten from your early childhood pop up in this realm as well. So welcome back, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you, Linda. So this this is a month for storms. And is there a way or any things that we can do to really help prepare for loss of, of a relationship, no matter sort of where it's coming from in our lives? Well, I think that you can prepare for life storms and do this to the effect that it will really make your life better by being more aware of yourself, uh, becoming more authentic, being more kind to yourself in terms of your feelings. So if you practice that, then when you lose somebody, you're going to have more skills in dealing with the emotions that arise so that you, you won't have that tendency to tamp them down. So practicing now, when you're out driving and you get upset, how can you breathe through that? How can you get to that place of centeredness again? That's always really good. So I always encourage people to learn how to meditate because that also not only helps to relax the body, but it also helps to master the mind. I think meditation is one of those skills and arts that everyone should have in their repertoire. Um, Just in essence, to get out of the mind and to tap into the other parts of the body, the spirit, and that kind of thing. Uh, and audience, I don't advise that you go into meditation while you're driving, but I do think the practice of breathing through uh, an emotion is is very important. Just stay present with the traffic around you, right? Absolutely. Yes, you don't <laughs> want to go into meditation, but you do want to breathe and ground 
and let that, whatever that upset is, just travel right through and right into the ground so you don't hold on to it. Yeah, and I, because I, I think it's, when you are grieving, you do, I at least I do, I had have a tendency to shut down and shut in um, and not to breathe. In fact, almost to the point of hyperventilating because you're breathing so fast, uh, just trying to get some air into your lungs, that the concept of stop, uh, breathe, take, what, three to five cleansing breaths and let those emotions ground uh, so that you can function uh, while you're in that group loss. Yes? So here's a little bit of a tip on the breathing. Mm-hmm. If you breathe in, you hold at the top of the breath for, you know, a count of four or five, exhale and breathe at the bottom uh, and hold for a count of five. If you do that cycle, that's actually going to help. And they actually have done scientific studies in this breath exercise or breathing actually stimulates the vagus nerve, which stimulates the uh, parasympathetic nervous system, which is part of the system for calming you down. So this will actually work. Biologically, it will work. Do it. So, Michelle, could we do a couple of cleansing breaths and and just settle yes. our audience down a bit? Yes, I'll let we you can lead do that. that. Yeah. So, make sure your feet are flat on the floor and you're sitting in a comfortable position, and start to take deep, slow, relaxing breaths, breathing in with your nose and exhaling with your mouth. And this time, go ahead and hold at the top and the bottom of the breath. And when you hold, imagine at the top of the breath, the fullness of the breath. And when you exhale at the bottom of the breath, feel the emptiness. All right. So hopefully you are all more grounded and more in tune with the show itself and what Michelle has to share with us. Michelle, someone once told me that on that uh, exhalation to hold your tongue on the roof of your mouth. Uh, Do you know why and is that helpful? I imagine, I don't know specifically, but I have also heard that, that it has something to do with... um, uh, either chakra points or um, shiatsu points. There are uh, points in your body that are part of the whole system. And mm-hmm. so by doing that, you're stimulating and it is probably a relaxation place. Okay. Um, I just thought that, that was an interesting addition it is. to the, it is. the breathing. Um, I think in some it, respects... It probably it, comes- Go ahead. It probably comes from yoga, is what I'm imagining. Is that it's a it's a yoga point. It's a uh, I can't remember what those points are, but there there are all these um, points on the body that the that the whole shiatsu practice or acupuncture uses to create transformation in the body, and I'm pretty sure that that's one of those places. And perhaps they're called channels. I'm not sure. Um, so Michelle, I know you have a free gift to offer our audience. Would you tell us a little bit about that? 
Yes, in fact, I made the put, created this free gift just for this call, and it's a it's a meditation. It's an audio download, and it helps you to get in your body and check through your body to notice where there might be blocks. And I actually go through the chakra systems so that you understand or start to get the idea that where your discomfort is actually has meaning for what what's going on. That's the wonderful thing about the body is the body actually has so much information to, to share with us. And, and so by doing this breath exercise, you start to become more of a friend of your body and start to learn the language of your body. Okay. And so the, you have a link. You want me to give? Yes. The sure, link less- is, you want to give it? No. Oh, I can. Or you, uh, is, uh, go ahead. It's www.releaseandthrive.com, and it's all spelled out, releaseandthrive.com. And that link and Michelle's gorgeous picture will be up on my website, and so you can download it from there um, and experience this wonderful uh, meditation and the ability to actually get in touch with where in your body might there be stress where in your body might there be a blockage that you need to open in order to develop those really deep relationships to be able to deal with um, anytime there's grief or loss around a relationship Um, because as business owners we're going to have that ebb and flow of people on the team and um, people in your uh if you're coaching and consulting that are your clients, or even if you're doing something like event planning, um, you know, your, your various clients coming and going, and as much as you'd like to hang on to them for dear life, oftentimes you need to release them and let them go in order for yourself to grow and your business to grow. Would you agree with that, that sometimes loss and is really good for a business? Yes. Uh, in fact, uh, when we start to take the attitude that everything that shows up is not an accident, but is part of our own journey. And we don't fight it, but we surrender to it and we and we say, okay, what next? What am I supposed to learn? And that doesn't mean tamp down your emotions or, you know, <laughs> grin and bear it, but because that's the whole, maybe this is the, the one event that's going to cause you to cry and release that emotion. I have certainly had many experiences where I've tamped down my emotions and then the universe has sent somebody along to give me an emotional shot that breaks through that. And I'm like, (laughs) ah, yeah. And it's like, okay, that's what that was for is I was holding on. I was just like literally just gripping, holding it in and something, something comes along, somebody says something and it just bursts, the dam bursts. And Michelle, I think that that's so true. And what I find interesting is I, um, tend to hold my emotions close um, and my my friends and enemies closer. But I'll go to retreat or I'll be with a group of women who um, I really respect. Um, it could be a coach, uh, uh, other other individuals in other disciplines that that I definitely um, admire and love the work that they're doing, like you, Michelle. And they'll say something. And all of a sudden, I'm crying. And, you know, I don't know why. I don't know what they said. I don't know what triggered it. But it's it's cleansing. And it really helps me to open up and be able to be more uh, receptive of the messages that that are being uh, 
described in the retreat or whatever it might be. And I, I think that's so powerful when, when I can do that. And I really, uh, I'm sort of sad when somebody says, she's never made me cry, and I'm going to make sure that she never does make me cry. And yet that release can be so uh, educational and able to move you to the next level, yes? And cathartic. It mm. really, uh, when I lost my parents, I was really aware of, you know, just crying and crying. And there was an ecstasy about it. it. It's because it's so releasing. And because that whole event of somebody dying is like so powerful. And, and so when you allow yourself to go into it, it uh, actually is very energizing. We exhaust ourselves with all our efforts to hold those emotions back. Now, let me uh, qualify here. There are times when it is not appropriate to be crying and <laughs> and allowing your emotions out. And so your skill at being able to hold them back at, at the appropriate time, I'm not telling you to give that up. But to have a practice where you maybe have a place in your home in the morning or in the evening where you allow yourself to be whoever you are and just release that. I think that's that's so powerful, Michelle. Uh, and you're absolutely right. There are times when crying is uh, or showing that that emotion. It could be anger as well as you know you've got the mad mad, sad, glad um, kind of emotions that it's not the right time to do that. And I love the idea of having a safe space. It could be somewhere out in nature. It could be in your home. Uh, it could be in your office with the door closed where yes. you can experience that emotion and know that uh, it's really helping you to release stress and to be more uh, aware and more with whatever it is that you're doing in your particular business. I think that's really important. And so we have uh, time for one more fabulous tip for our listening audience before we go. Right. So you have already mined a lot (laughs) of my fabulous tips. Uh, But the other, perhaps the other tip, um, I want to get this one thing in and then I'm going to give you another tip. But uh, when I had said that if you stay with your emotions, uh, they will dissipate within two minutes or less, you have to do that in a safe place. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so I just wanted to say that. And then the the, the last tip I would uh, give is that we are social beings and taking advantage of our community, that we need to have community and we need to have people and reach out. So many times we are taught that we're supposed to grieve or deal with our emotions alone. Forge those relationships with people where you can be totally authentically yourself and can be your messy self and they're going to be there and hold you. I think that's Yes, that's a, an incredible tip is to use your community because I think, again, we tend not to want to show, quote, vulnerability and authenticity with our tribe. Um, we feel that we, we as a leader especially need to, again, we're back to this, be strong, be stoic um, and not show those uh, emotions. And yet it's critical that you are vulnerable. You see that vulnerability and you experience it. So thank you, Michelle, so very much for this just wonderfully informative and deep 
conversation about grief and loss. Um, if, if you, my listening audience, have any questions or want to see how to dig deeper on the art of hurting cats, as well as Michelle's free gift, do check out the website at www.dare2dreamwithlinda.com or send me an email at linda at dare2dreamwithlinda.com. Until next time, be courageous and dare to lead. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Stars. Please join Linda Patton for another engaging edition of our program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll feature another noted leader next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Women's Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericawomen.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.